This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Now we've got this series, Dream Big, and uh, the, the principal scripture that, I, that inspired me and that we've been using for that was the one in, uh, in the Psalms, in Psalm 37 verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm taking delight in what God's done, this place he's provided for us. I'm taking delight in how good God is for me, even all the challenges and the, the disappointments of life, God's been so good to me, let me tell you, is wonderful. And, but I have decided not only just to delight in what God has done, what I am enjoying, but principally to take delight in Him. And this is the secret, right, Life Church? It's not a secret because I'm telling you, but this is the key to really getting somewhere in God, is to delight in Him. Not to delight in things or people. They can, all of those things can come and can go. And that can be sad and that can be disappointing. But God never lets us down. So we're going to take delight in the Lord. I'm going to continue to take delight in the Lord. This scripture for me these last few weeks has been my metaphorical fridge magnet. Easy for me to say. It's quite a long scripture to put on a fridge. But some people have big fridges. I mean, I, I've been to North America, and, and some fridges there are the size of a tourist house in Lancashire. I mean, they're flipping massive. But stick it on your fridge. Get, get it in your heart. That if we take delight in, in God, he will give us the desires of our hearts. If we commit our way to him, if we absolutely put all our trust in him, then everything we need will come to us. Yeah, we'll have to work for it and, we'll, 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 you know, we have to provide for our, our families and, and that God doesn't expect us to be passively sat, sat around. He wants us to be involved. But if we commit our ways to him, if we trust in him, God will always come through with absolutely everything that we need. That is the key. So if you forget everything else about these five-week series, I want you to kind of have this kind of scripture branded into your brain that if we need to delight in God. So we're dreaming big. We're dreaming big and we're expecting great things in God and for God and for God's glory, not not for us. So that's really important. We've talked over the last several weeks about breakthrough. And so this is your last chance for breakthrough. Is it that? No, there's always an opportunity for breakthrough in God. You're struggling with something. You're striving with something. You're battling with something. It's like sometimes the Christian walk for you perhaps is like walking through treacle. It's, it's a struggle. Well, no, this can be your point of breakthrough this morning. You can have that breakthrough in God. You can, you can come through that. So this, you're in the right place at the right time. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes you just get lucky. No, it's not luck. It's God's providence for you. You're in the right place at the right time. God can speak to you right now. God can change that circumstance. God can encourage you. God can comfort you in, in, your, in your difficulty. Whatever that might be that you need, God's here to give that to you. So this is a breakthrough day for you. We're not waiting until next week because that's a bit special. No, today. Yeah. 
tomorrow, the day after. God breakthrough is here because God is absolutely invested in us massively. He gave us our best, his best, his son, and he continues to invest in us. God's not passively sat there on some cloud stroking his, stroking his uh, white beard. It, I don't know if that's an image you have, it, but I don't think that's anywhere close to reality. Because God is actively wants to help us and, and, and in, in invade, he's invaded this world, he wants to invade your, your world if you'd let him. So we're dreaming big, but we're dreaming with our eyes wide open. We're, 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 taking, we're making outrageous statements. We're, we've set outrageous goals, like kind of right out there, that we believe we've got to get, we're going for. Absolutely, but we're dreaming with our eyes wide open. I quoted at the beginning of this series, T. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, with this quote, and I'll read it again just to get it right. All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake in the day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men. They, act their, they may act their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. So we are acting our dreams with open eyes. This is possible because this is what God said. This is what we are going for. We've got our eyes open. We know the challenges. You know, you may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> We're dreaming together. We're believing for great things in God because God's made it possible. So we've got our eyes wide open. We're, we're, we're not sort of, you know, in this little bubble where we think everything's perfect. Absolutely not. We live in the real world, which is where Christians are supposed to live and supposed to be salt and light and not to withdraw from the world, but to be actively involved in making a difference in our communities. So we're doing that. We're dreaming with our eyes wide open. We're up for the challenge because we've got a great big dream that God has given us, which is absolutely awesome. Life Church, yes, it's a big dream. This was our big dream. But you know, it's much more than this. It's actually about people. On the flyers we had, we said it's all about people. And it totally is all about people because it's not about a building. It's not about a a program. I I don't want you to fall in love with a building or I don't want you to fall in love with a program or or a schedule or, or, or a rotor. I don't want you to fall in love with that. I want you to fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. And I want you to fall deeper and deeper in love with people, God's people. You know who God's people are? Everybody. Because God loves everybody. It's not just a few of us. God has a heart for the whole world. And so we're reaching out to anybody and everybody that we possibly can. So I want you to fall in love with that dream of Jesus and loving God and loving people. That is the big dream. That's what it's all about. About We're in this place because God told us to do it. Now, let me let, let you into another secret. I'm a bit wary of people who, who start many sentences with, God told me. Because that's often, uh, in my experience, a long time in church, that's, it's sometimes then to uh, say, don't even question what I'm about to say. Now, hang on a minute. If God has said something... And you're absolutely sure, that's fine. But you can, it's okay to check it out with other Christian friends. Does it contradict his word? Well, if it does, then God definitely didn't say it. However you want to rationalize it away, it's, you, you, you're deluded. God has not said that. So I'm saying that God has told us to build this, but I don't preface many sentences with, God has told me. God directs me through his word, through the guidance of other Christians who I love and respect, 
through circumstances, absolutely. But God told me, be careful, you got, you're either going to be very right or very wrong. I'd rather be right than wrong. But let's have some caution about that. But we build this because God told us. And this is the evidence of what God said. This is the evidence. So it, it, it's easy to be a bit sort of happy about that now. It wasn't quite so easy over the last number of years as we've gone through this process. But when God says something, it will happen. So what's God said to you? What are your dreams? You know, we all have shattered dreams. We have broken dreams. We have dreams that are kind of unfulfilled. But if God really has said it, you better believe it. God will come through with the dream and that dream will become a reality. We can believe that. We are building the church of our dreams. Look past the building. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a place where people can find acceptance. I'm talking about a place where broken people can be made whole. I'm talking about a place where lives that are broken down and and, and, and kind of people who've been like almost abandoned can be restored into relationship with God. I'm talking about a place with great aspirations. I'm, talk, I'm dreaming about a place where everyone is respected. I'm, I'm dreaming about a place where everyone is welcome and really welcome, not tolerated, but welcomed. That's the kind of home that this place is. That's the dream. That's the big dream. So let's remember what it's really all about. We are building the church of our dreams. So I want to um, read to you from Genesis chapter 28 about someone who God spoke to in a dream. And uh, it's kind of a bit of a strange dream. You may not be familiar with this dream, uh, the dream of Jacob. Um, you might not be familiar with it, you might be very familiar with it. But if you look at it, from kind of, kind of step back a little bit from the familiarity of what you have with this dream, perhaps... Just, it's quite a strange sort of a dream that God would speak to him in this particular way. So just, just, just bear with me and listen to what God, has, what God said to Jacob in this dream in Genesis chapter 28. Now to give you a bit of context, because this is really important before seeing the dream. Here's this guy, Jacob, who just cheated his older brother out of his inheritance. He just conned his father into thinking that he was his older brother. So this is, he was called the supplanter or the trickster. He he was, it wasn't, how he behaved hadn't been particularly good. In fact, it's been quite the opposite of that. He, he, He fooled people, he conned people. But the great news is God still didn't give up on him. And they needed this dream to see that God hadn't given up on him. He needed this dream to see that God still had a plan for his life. So wherever you've come from, I'm not suggesting that anyone's a supplanter, a trickster, a conman. But whatever you've passed, God's got a future for you. So if you can just grab hold of that and think about that in the context. So Jacob, here he is, he's on the run. He's... he's, um, his brother, Esau's after him. He, 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 would, he would kill him, no question about it. That was his intention to do that when he caught up with him. He was just in a mess. He had nowhere to go. He was just running away. He was caught between a rock and a hard place. He had nowhere to go. But here is the story of Jacob, the, who had this amazing dream. Genesis 28:10. Jacob left Beersheba and traveled towards Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. That doesn't sound particularly comfortable to me. 
As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth up to heaven and thought, I'll write a song about that, but someone did it a bit later. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. The families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. It's kind of a a restatement of the promise that God had given to his grandfather, Abraham. And I believe this promise that God has given to us, Life Church. Verse 15, what's more, I am with you and will protect you wherever you go. One day I'll bring you back to the land. I will not leave you until I finish giving you everything I've promised you. And Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It's none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against and set it up as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named the place Bethel, which means house of God, although it has been previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord certainly will be my God. This memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything He gives me a natural response to when God does something for you is to give something back to him, right? That's a natural, normal response. He honored God, he worshiped God, he set up the stone as a memorial, and he gave a tenth of everything. He committed, he promised to give a tenth of everything that God had given to him. A natural response when God blesses us is to give back to God. And when we give back to God, what that actually does is... It, it acknowledges that God is our source. When we don't give back to God, we're saying, well, we can actually look after ourselves. That's the difference. So just think about that for a moment. Perhaps we can come back to that. So he was Genesis, he, here in Genesis was a Jacob's dream at a place that he, be called, he called Bethel. He dreamed of a stairway to heaven. Now in this stairway, as we've just heard, he was God at the top of the stairway announcing to him who he was. So this was Jacob's encounter with God. This is when he really realized for himself, because that's the only way to realize who God is, is to realize him for yourself. He realized for himself who God was. God announces himself to him. Jacob makes that connection. And then he sees the angels up and down this stairway, a curious kind of a dream, which to interpret it is simply to say, God saying, I'm God, I'm in charge, And also, the angels are ministering to you coming backwards and forwards. So God's kind of saying that I'm, I'm not just God in heaven, away from you. I'm actually saying that the angels are visiting you. They're coming backwards and forwards. They're protecting you, looking after you. So I want you to kind of get the kind of picture that God was saying, Jacob, you're accepted. 
Jacob, I'm your God. Jacob, I'm not finished with you. Jacob, I'm going to look after you. Jacob, I'm going to even send my angels to protect you. He's saying all of those things to Jacob. He has an incredible realization of who God is and the fact that God wants to be involved in his life. Now, for all of us, we, to come to that point is just a wonderful thing. You need a revelation for yourself. You might know the God of your father or the God of or the God of your grandfather, or your mother, or or your friend, or whatever. But there's nothing like knowing the God for yourself. He is your God. So I want to encourage us to say, well, I actually, actually can have that revelation. I can have that connection with God. I can know who God is, and that can be my personal revelation. Now, for us, we're, we're thinking about the ladder. We, we, for me, in New Testament Christian, I'm thinking that Jesus is, is the ladder or the bridge from heaven, from, from earth to heaven. So our way to God, to relationship with God, is only through Jesus only through Jesus. Jesus made that very clear. It's not all religions lead to the same point. The Bible, the New Testament, couldn't be clearer that Jesus is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Very, very clear. So Jesus is the bridge from earth to heaven. So if we want to get to God, we need to come to know Jesus. If we want to have a a hope for an eternal future, it is through Jesus. It's not by our own efforts. It's not by good works. It's by relationship with Jesus. So here's what that, that, that's an interpretation of the dream for 21st century people. God is interested in you. God has made provision for you. God has a plan for your life. God has promises many things. Let's have a look at the four things specifically that were promised to Jacob. Just, just briefly, we can see that. First of all, he promised him that he would be blessed. It was a promise of blessing. Now, I like the sound of that, right? If someone says they're going to bless me, if God says he's going to bless me, I, I really like the sound of that, a promise of blessing. So think about it. In this scripture, in verse 13, he said specifically, the ground that you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants, verse 13. So here's the promise of a territory for Jacob. In those days, as of now, you know, somewhere to live, somewhere that you had was your place was important. And Jacob was being promised this massive area, which was a repeat of the promise that God had made to his grandfather, Abraham. And because of this promise that I don't believe God has ever taken this promise back, it means that God's people still have that area. Even though it's fought over over many years, it's still a promise to those people. So here we have the promise specifically to Jacob, I'm giving you to you this land to you and your descendants. Now for us at Life Church, God gave us this six and a half acre site at the end of 2004. We had to pay for it because that's how it works, right? But God gave it to us. It was a miracle provision. Not got time to go into the full story. Many of you know the story. But God provided this for us. And for many years, we were looking for a place. But all the time, God had this place hidden for us, ready to give to us. So 10 years ago, pretty much exactly 10 years ago, we had the provision of this site. But, of course, the land is only a very small part of what God's provision is for us. 
God's provision is for us to provide a great place, an awesome place where people can connect with God. God's provision for us was a place which could be a great place of influence and impact for communities right across East Lancashire and beyond. That was God's provision for us. And it's for this generation, those of us who have worked for it and, and given to it and, and, and so on, and many people that are here this morning and some that are no longer with us uh, who, who have provided for that, that is God's provision for us. And now that's God's blessing on us But the whole thing about blessing, and this is the next point, he promised that Jacob would be a blessing. Now, the sooner we can kind of understand that the reason that God blesses us is that so that we could be a blessing, that's a liberating thing and that's an important thing because God doesn't bless us to make us just have many things and to be, to be, to be fat and, 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 and just to be rich in that respect. No, God blesses us to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Now, you might hear people say that, yeah, I'm blessed to be a blessing. It's kind of one of those phrases that people use, but let's Let's, let's kind of really kind of buy into this idea that what God has given to us is so that we can help and bless other people. If God has given you a home, that means that you can be a blessing to somebody else with your hospitality. It's as simple as that, right? It's not complicated. So God has given us this place. He said, given us, we're flipping paid for it. Absolutely, because God has given us the ability to do that. But yes, God has given us this place. This is God's provision for us. But this place is not for us alone. It's to be a blessing. This church is to be a blessing to the community. So whether you've come from north, south, east or west, uh, around East Lancashire or even further afield, wherever you are in the community where you live, in the place where you work or educated or, or have leisure or whatever, God has placed you there to be a blessing. If you are blessed, you are supposed to be, I am supposed to be, collectively we are supposed to be a blessing. So he's making it clear to Jacob, mate, you're blessed, but this is why. You are going to be a blessing, and many, many generations will be blessed because of you. And I'm loving that, right? Because I think, because the people who have sacrificed and have been faithful over these last 10 years and more in this place, we are going to be a blessing to people we don't know yet. We're going to be a blessing to generations not yet born. We're going to be a blessing beyond the years that we live on planet Earth, because we have we are believing something great. God has blessed us, but it ain't for us. It's to be a blessing. And I can't emphasize that too much. I guess you get the point that God wants to bless us. I think, I, I was thinking about this this week and thinking, God needs to know that he can get blessing through us. Think about that. He needs to know that. He needs to know that you can be a conduit, a challenge. A channel, a channel even, for blessing. There's an old song, you know, about channels of blessing. God wants to bless people through us. Now, what does that look like? Maybe when you're having a brew this afternoon, I would think, well, how can I be a blessing? And there's probably loads of ways. And for many of you, you already are a blessing to many people. You don't even realize it that you are by your faithfulness, by your encouraging word, by the fact that you're here, by the fact you're supporting this great dream in any way that you might be doing that. Whatever you're doing, you are actually being a blessing. We get it. We get it. We understand. It's not just about us. It's not a secret society where we have a great time and then, and then don't tell anybody. You know, we want everyone to be blessed. We want everyone to know about this fantastic God. We want many, many hundreds and 
thousands of people across East Lancashire to come to the point where they can delight in God. Where they can get the desires of their heart when they delight in God. That's really the dream. It is, as I always say, it's about people. So he promised he would be blessed and he promised he would also be a blessing. And he also promised him his presence and protection. Now, I, I, I love that. I love the fact that God is with us. God said, verse 15 to Jacob, what's more, I am with you and will protect you wherever you go. How good is that? That God says, whatever happens, Jacob, in your life, you're going to face some challenges, you're going to get some disappointments, but hey, here's the thing, mate, I'm going to be with you. And that's the story of my life, and it's the story of many people in this room, that even in the challenges and the disappointments and the heartache, God was still with them. God doesn't disappear. When we're in trouble, he thinks, whoa, I don't be involved in that. No, that's when God is even more available to us. That's when we're even more aware of the greatness of God, because God blesses us with his presence and with his protection. What a promise that is. God says, I'm with you. God says, I will protect you. God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. God wants us to know his presence with us. How sad to be in a room where people are worshiping God and not feeling the God's presence. It's not just about feelings. I, I realize that. The Bible's much bigger than that. And our relationship with God is not just a, a feeling thing. It's more than that. It's cerebral. It's, it's a heart thing. It's much more than that. But we can know the presence of God. Many of you understand that. You know, this is, a, this is just a room. It's just a building. But when we come, we bring God's presence with us because God lives in us. And if we've got the right attitude, we can just really kind of infect other people around us with God's blessing and God's presence because he's here and he promises to be with us all the time. These promises, I believe, of blessing, to be a blessing, to have God's, know God's presence and God's protection are available for every person who takes delight in the Lord. Absolutely convinced of that. That's my story and the story of many people here. So as we move forward, we see what Jacob's promise was to God. Now, at first glance, we see that it, it kind of looks like Jacob's got two or three kind of conditions. Well, God, um, I'll do this if you do X, Y, and Z. But if you get beyond that, I think he's really genuinely had this encounter with God and wants to say how he ends it in verse 21. The Lord certainly will be my God. He, had, he knew it was the God of his grandfather, Abraham, and the God of his father, Isaac. But he's, he's making a decision here. God, you're my God. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to put you first. And like I said, we've all got to, I, I believe, to come to that point is such an incredibly important thing. If we don't get to that point in our lives, I think we miss the point of life. Because without relationship with God, we miss out on so much because God created us in his image. God created us to have relationship with him. God created us to spend eternity with him. So how could we, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. We need to have that relationship and know that relationship with God. Jacob woke up from his sleep and he thought, flipping egg, what a dream I've just had. What did I, did I have too much cheese? What, you know, what, what made me have this dream? No, he didn't. When he woke up, he had this incredible awakening of who God really was. 
And I think sometimes we need to wake up and think, okay, life's going on around me, things are happening, but actually, I'm going to decide that I'm really going to connect with God. I'm going to decide that God is going to be my God. I'm going to decide that I am going to take delight in the Lord. I'm really not going to just be passively an observer of church of Christianity. I'm going to jump in both feet. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to delight in the Lord. Jacob said, surely God is in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. What, what a statement. That's an incredible statement. God's here. I didn't even notice. I, I, I was fully, I wasn't aware of it. I mean, you know, my prayer for you this morning is that we will all be aware that God's in this place. Not because it's a special building, as I've already said, it's because God lives in the heart of every Christian and we bring that presence with him. But I want you to be aware of God's presence. Jacob said, God's in this place. This is amazing. I wasn't even aware of it. And everything changed when he was aware of God's presence and who God was. And I believe it's the same for all of us. When we become aware of who God is, God, God's existence, the fact that God wants to be involved in our lives, the fact that God loves us unconditionally, the fact that God never quits on us, the fact that God never leaves us or forsakes us, the fact that God wants to protect us and bless us and help us and guide us and lead us. When we become aware of that, it absolutely changes everything. He all, but it, the Bible says in 17, he was also afraid. It, as you would be, you think, well, what a, what a, what a kind of a, a awareness I've suddenly become of this almighty, awesome God. And he said, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very great gateway to heaven. That's a real important scripture to me. And that's been a, a significant scripture to me. And on our first Sunday here, that was the first thing I think I said uh, from this stage. This is an awesome place. This is, this, this, this is none other than the house of God. This is the very gateway to heaven. And you know, this place is dedicated to the king of heaven. And this is God's house. You know, not because it's a special, in, a, in, that, in any other sense, other than the fact that God's here and it's dedicated to him. It is an awesome place. And it's, for many people, it will become, it is the gateway to heaven. But you know, when you think about it, as Jacob arrived at this place, one translation of the Bible says it was a, it was a good place. Another, place say, another translation says it was a, a certain place or a, or a pleasant place. But you know, he was actually literally between a rock and a hard place because he he's lying on a rock and the hard place he'd come from, he was running away from it. Now, you might be this morning between a rock and a hard place, but let me tell you, that's an opportunity for God. That's a great opportunity for God to come through. That is an opportunity for God's blessing to be with you. That's an opportunity for your breakthrough. That might, not seem, impo- it might seem impossible between a rock and a hard place, but this is when God's saying, this is where I am. This is where I'm going to come through for you. Yeah, well, I don't know what to do. Well, God can meet you at that point of that need. That is your opportunity. That is your place. It's an opportunity with, for God. Jacob had an encounter. He saw the God of heaven. Jacob had an awakening. He realized God was in this place. It became an awesome place. And Jacob changed the name of the place. Must have upset the local postman, I guess. And, but he changed it from Luz to Bethel. And Luz mean, means separation. But he changed it to the house of God. 
How significant that is. Separated from God to being in God's house. Chalk and cheese. Bigger than that. Much bigger than that. But this is, this is God's house. This is our Bethel. This is the house of God. This is the awesome place that God has placed us in. When we take delight in God, God's blessing is there for us. It became Bethel, the house of God. It became a gateway. He set the stone up and he anointed it with olive oil. And he said, this is what God's done. This is where I met God. And you know, we need to have that kind of a place. We need to set the stone up. We don't need to be throwing olive oil use it in your cooking. You don't need to get involved in in, in that, but we need that place, that marker in the ground that we say, that's where I met with God. That's when I met with God and that's when my life changed forever. And if that's you this morning, you might know the God of your father or your grandfather or your mother or your cousin or whatever or your friend, but you know, you need to know God for yourself. It's a knowing God for yourself that makes all the difference. Jacob had that encounter. Yes, it was in a dream, but it was very real. God spoke to him very specifically about how God cared for him. God said to him, yes, you've done all these things, but I've not given up on you. I've not forgotten you, and I've given you this opportunity. Jacob's response was, the Lord will certainly be my God. What's your response this morning? Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.